Hey, listeners, before we get started, if you're enjoying these episodes, you can actually check them out on YouTube in full video. You can just search Honest Ecommerce and you'll get pulled right to our channel. Make sure you subscribe and ring the bell for all the updates. You have to be like really, really brutally honest, right? Like, not the marketing pitch as to why you exist or should exist in the market. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming the show Jenny, the CEO of Ken, a fine jewelry company offering modern heirlooms meant to last a lifetime. Welcome to the show. Hey, Chase. How's it going? Going fantastic. All right. So just to set the stage for all the listeners, let's talk about uh, the products a little bit before we kind of go back to the beginning. Yeah. So Kin is a fine jewelry company that is based out of LA. Um, we make all solid gold fine jewelry pieces um, that is, yes, like you said, uh, made to last a lifetime um, that you can technically pass off to your next generation, whether that be you know your, your family, um, friends, and, and whatnot. Absolutely. It sounds like an amazing product. So where'd you get the idea? Take me back in time. What was going on? Where, where'd the idea to start this business come from? Yeah. So I mean, even prior to that, so my background's heavily around e-commerce and building businesses. Um, you know, there was always, you know, at the back of my mind that where I really wanted to build or start a company, I just never really knew what. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I knew I certainly knew that I wanted to be, you know, a, a passionate thing, right? Something that I know I can you know, stay up at two in the morning, you know, drop, <laughs> drop my weekend plans to to build on. So um, never really came um, to that specific moment until um, so my parents house was robbed um, a few years back now. Gosh, it's been wow, it's been a long time. Um, and uh, at the moment, um, you know, they, they took all the family heirloom, um, including my grandma's, you know, enga- like engagement ring that was supposed to be passed on to me. Um, you know, family pieces that you can't really replace. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that was, you know, a big loss for my parents. And my intention was to, you know, just help replace some of the pieces that they lost. Um, I was working in downtown LA already. um, So I would kind of go, you know, up and down the streets of the Diamond District. Um, And if you haven't done that before, it, it can be very chaotic and also intimidating. So the experience for me was gosh, it was, yeah, it was scary. And I was just like, well, how much is this? How much is that? Um, found somebody who was, you know, who was a bench jeweler who kind of like took me in to help me understand, you know, why is this something that looks exactly the same thing, $200, but like next door it's $2,000. So the intention was to, again, just to replace some of the pieces that were lost and, um, Shortly after that, I, I learned uh, everything about, I, I guess, you know, about the jewelry industry and stuff. I, I've always loved jewelry. You know, I've, I was always that girl who always like wore multiple layers of beaded jewelry and costume jewelry growing up. Um, so the passion was there in terms of you no know, liking. Um, and I just saw this, you know, little void in the space um, and started to make some pieces for our friends and family. And you know, quickly built it onto Shopify template and here we are, fast forward. 
<laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I got to ask though. It's so y- the original aspiration was just to re- replace some pieces that were lost that meant a lot to you and your family. When did it the kind of it shift to be like, you know what? I think we should build a business here. And like, how long did that whole process take? It was actually more from my friends um, who were like, hey, you know how to build a business. You have all the right, you know, photographers, um, you know how to like build margins and all of that. So it was really more of like a nudge from my friends to try it out. Um, And, you know, again, like building an e-commerce business has just become so much easier um, at that at the time that I was building it too. It was, you know, just get into a Shopify template take some nice photos, all taken on iPhone, and I still do it until today. Um, and, you know, post post some nice photos and see if there's traction. So I think the, mo- the aha moment for me was when I started to make pieces for that one, like my immediate friends, right? So it was like friends of a friends of a friend or um, somebody that like I was just like randomly introduced to. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, I think I'm onto something here. There's something greater in terms of why people are coming to me instead of somebody else. Um, so that was the, the the aha moment for me to be like, okay, I, I think I, I have to take this leap in order for me to make something out of it. And yeah, went from there. Awesome. So with your background in e-commerce, do you think that that was definitely an asset to you with building out this business? Yeah. So uh, just as for for background purposes, prior to Ken, I was working for a a brand called Casetify. Um, It was an e-commerce that I was with for about seven years. I was the first employee to the company um, as a founding employee. I mean, you know, you do everything and anything, right? From doing fulfillment to um, marketing to reaching out to influencers. I mean, at the time, like the influencer marketing was just so different. Um, So I kind of like learned everything from that and, you know, brought that over to Ken, essentially. Now, would you think that if uh, there's an entrepreneur out there that's listening and maybe they don't really have an idea just yet, but they know this is the space that they want to get in, would you recommend like going and learning kind of the same route that you did to to get that education under you until the idea comes? Um, I mean, not. I mean, there's so much resources out there, right? Um, I, I think if there's one common thing with you know the prior CEOs and founders that you've interviewed is that a lot of people listen to podcasts, a lot of people look for books. Um, to, to be self-educated. Nowadays, you can just Google anything and everything, even for benchmarks, um, that there's all the tools out there in the world that like all you have, you just have to want it bad enough to make it happen. Because obviously building something from scratch is that, that feeling of, gosh, I don't even, well, I think there's a lot, right? One is, is this going to work? How am I going to, how am I going to look if I, if this fails? Right. So people, care about those things. Um, and I think during the building process, I think people also think about how to make it perfect before launch. Um, and just spending too much time on making things so perfect and, and being scared of the, the failure. I mean, but who wants to be a failure, right? Like who wants to be rejected? No one. Um, so, so I get that. So like take that leap and if it doesn't click, then Try try another avenue, A/B tests, um, and then if it still doesn't click, I don't know. It could be turned into something completely different. I mean, I think Shopify founder, when he was first building it out, I think it was supposed to be like a snowboard company, is what he was intended to build. So, I mean, you never know, right? 
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I believe it was called Snow Devil, and oh, he was just, yeah. So Snow Devil was the brand that uh, Toby, uh, his family, I think it was his family's brand. They were selling snowboards, and they were trying to sell it online. He couldn't find anything that was good enough, or that he thought was good enough to sell this thing online. And the technology that he built is basically, you know, what became Shopify. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you would have he would have never known until like. You know, he he went with it and probably took the feedback from somebody else. Was like, hey, I, I just love your website. I don't care about snowboard, yeah. but I love your website. So, um, can you build it for me, right? And he, he took a chance of doing it. And yeah, it was. Uh, people were seeing how well it was working and selling. And they're like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's just this thing I put together. <laughs> <laughs> so again, you never know. I never thought I'd be making jewelry. To be honest with you, absolutely. So let's talk about. Um, you know, you. You've started to build out this business and you're moving beyond friends and family. How are you getting those customers? How are you marketing? How are you trying to like get those, you know, you know, really move into selling this and marketing this to an actual customer race versus, you know, relying on direct contacts that you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to get a little bit, I guess, creative. Um, so I did reach out um, to an editor at Refinery29, um, but mainly because I like personally loved her fashion um, and I've been following her. And I was like, hey, like I'm starting a brand um, officially, right? Like this has already been actually launching, but then like now I'm ready to officially come out to the public to yeah. say we are where we are today. Um, so I reached out to her and I said, hey, we're giving away free um, gold, like solid gold puggies um as as part of our launch um and and we want to you know tell the story um would you be interested and um you know i i was surprised because i'm sure she gets pitched left and right um being at a company like that and you know she she said yes and um i thought okay great like it's gonna be part of like a roundup like you know top 10 accessories you know to shop your gold favorite gold hoops and whatnot um, it ended up becoming an um, an exclusive piece, a feature on Kin. Um, and at the time, I, I I didn't know how much impact. Actually, I mean, I I knew what kind of impact it like press would have, um, but I didn't know how much of a direct impact it would have. So initially, first foot out the door, we we thought of this campaign, pitched to press, and. When she launched, I literally our Shopify like the order notification at the time. Like I had the notification go off for every order yeah. that came through because obviously every time that happened, I was just like, "Yay!" Um, when that story went out, um, I looked at my phone. And it was just like nonstop. Like you have you have an order, you have an order, you have an order. But I mean, at the time, it was a, a giveaway. Um, so people had to pay for shipping on on that giveaway, but. Yeah, that's how we first got our name out there. Um, but the first, actually, up until two years, uh, we didn't spend um, on you know the Facebook marketing and Instagram marketing. And I, I kind of now, in hindsight, I wish we did because it's gotten so expensive. Oh, yeah. um, but I mean, to that, uh, we were. Uh, you know, thanks to press, thanks to the referrals, uh, we built a very organic word of mouth uh, brand. Um, and then fast forward, we started to dabble into uh, paid ads. 
Absolutely. Can we go back to that offer though that you were pitching? Was that uh, was that a free gift with purchase offer that you were launching with? Oh, sorry. Let me clarify. Yeah. So it was a free gold hook uh, huggies. Um, all you had to do was pay for twenty dollars shipping. So I was trying to really bring in the the transparency as to like how much gold should like it's small huggies. Like they should not be costing more than I don't know. $20. I mean, these are very, very small and very light. Mm-hmm. Um, they should not be, you know, thousands of dollars. So I was trying to prove a point that pay for shipping, which is going to cover your gold. Um, and you get these cute little huggies. So it was not pay, you know, a gift with purchase. It was just straight up. Absolutely. And I, I'm sure that that in the long run ended up being a very profitable uh, kind of engagement. Yes. I mean, because we were, I was actually in between moves at the time. So we were, I was in an Airbnb holding my husband and my daughter um, to help me package those orders. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was great. It was, you know, thousands of orders and to date, those people still come back and they're the ones that said, remember when you gave away those free huggies? Um, I still have those. Um, and now I've been purchasing uh, more and more through you. So, If you're struggling with scaling your sales, maybe Electric Eye can help. Our team has helped our clients generate millions of dollars in additional revenue through our unique brand scaling framework. You can learn more about our agency at electriceye.io. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E.io. Mesa is the easy-to-use answer for automating the everyday challenges of running a Shopify store. Find more aha moments when you're spending less time in the weeds and can focus on the bigger picture. With automations, you have all the power of code without the learning curve. You can easily customize how Shopify and your apps work with one-click integrations. From auto-tagging orders to sending order details to Google Sheets or Airtable, Mesa connects your data where it's needed most. To put it quite simply, Mesa is a better way to work. So find your peace of mind and kick up your feet with a simplified workload to manage the everyday stress of running your Shopify store. Search for Mesa, that's M-E-S-A, in the Shopify App Store and download the app today. Free plan available with no cost setup included. Q4 is the main event for e-commerce and DTC brands. All those months of preparation, managing inventory, and balancing your cash flow are about to pay off. But how can you use this holiday season as a springboard to make 2023 your best year yet? The answer is funding. Funding opens doors for your business. It enables you to place larger inventory orders, invest more in marketing, and ultimately grow your business. Plus, now is the best time of the year to secure funding as you can unlock the best rates. Revenue-based finance from Wayflyer is fairer, faster, and more flexible than traditional funding options out there. Get approved for funding in hours and cash in your account within days. There's no interest rates or personal guarantees, just one simple fee. Most importantly, you keep full ownership of the rocket ship of a business you've worked so hard to build. To learn more about funding from Wayflyer and how you can unlock growth for your business and turn the main event of Q4 into a record year in 2023, visit wayflyer.com slash ecom slash honest. That's wayflyer.com slash ecom with two M's slash honest. Wayflyer, funding a better way. We've talked about this before on our podcast, but returns are an absolute hassle. They're often costly, time-consuming, and complicated, but there's a better way to handle returns. 
Our partner Loop helps Shopify brands deliver hassle-free return experiences. Their platform empowers shoppers to process their own returns, creating a better user experience for both you and your customers. Plus, they encourage exchanges over refunds. They make it a lot easier for shoppers to browse through your entire product catalog at the point of return. It's a true win-win. Loop is trusted by over 1,600 Shopify merchants from side hustles to enterprise-level brands like Patagonia, Brooklinen, and Chubby's. It's time to transform your returns into exchanges. Learn more at loopreturns.com slash honest. That's L-O-O-P-R-E-T-U-R-N-S dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up your free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Let's kind of fast forward a little bit. So you you mentioned that you wish you dabbled in the paid ads kind of as when they were cheaper yeah. and now they're they're not they're not so much anymore. They're very mature platforms. Yeah. Um you said you are kind of getting into it now, but what else are you doing now? Uh, where are you guys finding kind of your best avenues for either, you know, uh, retention of existing customers or trying to find new ones? Yeah. So retention has been something that has always been. So from the beginning, we've been, um, I, I, I knew exactly who our VIPs were um, and the ones that would keep coming back. So our retention has always hovered around you know, 30 up to 40%. Um, so I knew that we got that honed in. Um, and that could, you know, you do that through like some of sometimes like the smallest things is like just writing a thank you note. It's like, hey, I recognize that customer's name. I'm gonna sign my name off of on it. Um, or, you know, I'm gonna send them free candles because we made a bunch of candles in the office and and nurturing that that relationship. So I think for us, uh, retention has been incredible. And then we've had like intimate uh, in- intimate experiences just for our VIPs. I think um, this past week, our team was re- uh, reviewing, I think it was 5% of our customers were making up around 25% of our revenue. Um, so that, that's a pretty big number um, to, to, to know. Um, yeah, so I mean, we want to keep nurturing them, but in terms of acquisition, I mean, that the paid ads will, you know, it's not going away. It's just now a different way to talk to the customers and talk to the, you know, getting acquisition. I know TikTok is also, a, I'm a little bit older, so I'm trying to get, I'm trying to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that's where kind of like where our um, our customers are. But you know, retail opportunities um, certainly has come back post COVID. Um, and I know a lot of e-com brands are trying to do more pop-ups. And so that's kind of like where we are in terms of, you know, second half of this year. Now, looking back on kind of the journey, are there any kind of standout moments where maybe there was a mistake that you want to tell the audience to avoid or uh, kind of just any other aha moments that come to mind? 
Not particular. I mean, just because we are talking about paid ads right now. Um, and I know part of me was just like, oh, I should just, you know, take that risk. Like just put the money in because this is going to become very saturated. Um, so in, in hindsight, yes, like I kind of wish that I, I did a little bit more of that and understanding. I mean, I didn't know what ROAS was. Um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know any of these terms or like I knew, I've, I've heard of it, but I never really put it together with the the company. I was just very much focused on the branding, the experience. Um, how do we talk to the customers, the packaging? Like that's my forte. So like, that's what I focused on. Um, but I, I wish I was, I've been closer to the, the performance marketing metrics just a little mm-hmm. bit um, because I, I kind of feel like the, the opportunities slipped away um, you know, for the, for the same dollar that we could have been spending. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity is still there. It just is not as cheap as it once was. Yes. I agree. Now, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you think would resonate with our audience today? Oh, I mean, I think the typical questions that I get is like, like, how do you, how do you build that? Like, yeah. How do you take that first leap? Um, I, I really wish that there was a playbook and I sometimes I actually get emails from you know agencies or you know these these podcasts and this is how you build a D2C brand but I, I want to say you know take it with grain of salt essentially right because just because it's worked on somebody else doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to work for for what you're building yeah. um I think for us um you know when we take take a look at those D2C guidebooks we're not selling a $50, $100 jewelry. We're, you know, our average order value is anywhere between, oh, now closer to like $600. It's a very considered purchase. Um, so, you know, it, it takes a lot of nurturing. It takes a lot of trust for the customers to, um, you know, to, to, you know, take that leap to spend thousands of dollars with you. Now we're doing engagement rings um, that we launched last September I mean, these are pieces that, you know, people are not seeing in person and they're fully trusting us to, you know, make this piece for them. Um, so some of those guidebooks, um, yeah, take in with grain of salt because it's not, it's not for every brand. It's not for every product. Um, and you just kind of have to make it your own. Yeah, that's something that I like about doing these interviews is every every time I, I talk with somebody, you know, there's a lot of similarities, don't get me wrong, but it is never the same story with, you know, different names. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there are, you can definitely learn from how other people have done it, but yeah, it really does come down. It's a different product. It's a different market. It's different customers, different margins, different investment levels, you know, all of that stuff matters. And, you know, that also gets me thinking about when you're talking about like, uh, comparing your business to a competitor, it's like you don't know anything that's yeah. going on behind the scenes. <laughs> so it's almost just like not even worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, to that, I have to say, like, you have to be like really, really brutally honest, right? Like, not the marketing pitch as to why you exist or should exist in the market, because that's essentially what the customers thinking as they're shopping. It's like well, you look just like the other one now. And I feel like consumers have so much more choice than ever before um, that all you have to do is just Google and then you'll just get, you know, a name brand that like you've, you've recognized for a long, it's a heritage brand all the way down to 
oh, this is an Amazon brand or, you know, Amazon brand. Um, you just get so many options that they're wondering, well, how is this looks exactly like that one? Like, how is this different? Right. So like, I think being honest with yourself as to like why you exist. Um, and it's actually something that we openly talk about within the office. Um, well, why, why are we different? You know, what, what is it that makes our customers keep coming back to us? Um, so yeah, it's, it's an exercise that we try to do constantly. And, um, as a landscape continues to change, um, you kind of have to do like these touch points and keep asking, um, why do yeah why why do you exist? Yeah, it kind of comes down to like uh, a little more of like the mission and the vision of a business, and less mm-hmm. about the product. It's like you know you know what is what are we what problem are we trying to solve here? What yeah. are we tra- what's the big the big thing? You know, yeah. At the end of the day, we're selling jewelry here, but what is it about the jewelry that's different? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Simon, is, is it Sinek? Sinek. Um, he has a great, I, I don't know if it's like a book, but I, I listened to his, some of his, uh, Ted talks, but start with the why, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like that always like blows people's mind. Like everybody knows what you're selling, you know? Um, but you know, why do you exist? So if you can, if you can nail that down, um, <laughs> I think you've got it. Go, go start the business. Yeah. That's the cornerstone of great marketing and great storytelling and great branding is mm-hmm. like, if you can get that stuff, like selling, it's not going to be hard. It's going to be keeping it. Stock's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then just having really good people around you too. Right. I mean, because if you don't have the PR experience, you don't have the influencer network, so to say, like, you know, find somebody who, who knows that area on, um, and, you know, we, we ourselves, like we're, we're fully bootstrapped still until today. Um, you could find really great people. Um, you don't have to go find an agency that has like a $10,000 retainer on a month. Who can afford that, you know, the first year out of the company. So you can find really good people, um, who believe in your mission and, you know, help you build a company. I'm, I'm really happy to actually say that some of the, the freelancers that we've had since the first year, you know, they've, they're still with us and they've, they've grown with us. So absolutely, I think that uh, one of the mistakes that we've made in the past at the agency was, uh, you know, trying to cut corners on, on who you're hiring, or, or in, not necessarily in a shitty way, but more just like this, like uh, we, what we thought we could afford, right? Mm-hmm. And what you learn is it actually is going to set you back, and you're not going to get the results yeah. you want. And it's literally, it's like hire. You get so frustrated. Yeah. Like hire the most expensive person you can afford. Like you always, especially when you're small and bootstrapped. And this, I read this in a book. I wish I remembered what book it was, but it was basically like you cannot, when you're a small business, less than 10 people on your team, like you cannot hire someone to train them to do something. You literally have to hire someone that's done it before and just give them the thing. Yeah. And then come in and, and make it, make it your own. Right. I mean, bring in that experience and say, well, how does it mold into your company that you're building? Because everyone's got different technologies and you know systems, so absolutely. So we talked a lot about these awesome products. If I'm curious about these heirlooms, where do I go? <laughs> Kinstudio.com, or you can also follow us on Instagram, um, Kinstudio. We are actually in a couple of pop-ups um, in Texas and New York, which is our our top two markets in the U.S. Um, we are looking to expand, um, as I mentioned earlier. 
Um, so you'll you'll definitely you'll definitely see us. <laughs> awesome, Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Good to talk to you. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.